0: joining us now our good friend sam gordon from the las vegas review journal who was hanging out with me yesterday at practice and uh got a chance to write a fantastic column this morning if you haven't read it yet go to the com and check out my man's column regarding the champs what's up sammy
1: TC, how you doing? Happy Wednesday! Appreciate the kind words. Uh, how you doing today?
0: I'm good, man. Uh, just trying to save my voice, Sam. That's what I've been trying to do, man. Been, <laughs> been doing a lot of talking lately, just so you you could take over this uh, this segment. How's that? <laughs>
1: well, I, well, I appreciate the platform. What, what do you want? To, what do you want to talk about today?
0: <laughs> well, let's talk about uh, you know the aces. Let's talk about your column. I really thought when you were when I was reading that this morning, I said. Man, I said, this is pretty much what I'm saying on, on a daily basis. The, the, you know, the way you broke that down, uh, talk about how well they're playing, that we're seeing history in front of our eyes. And, you know, we'll get to the, to the MVP talk here in just a, a couple moments. But yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just curious again, uh, what you've noticed, uh, covering this team.
1: Well, um, it's a historically great team, TC, and I think in order to, you know, the contents of my column, as you kind of allude to, is I think this, you know, with a championship, you might be looking at the greatest team in WNBA history, and, and I think there are a number of factors, right? The regular season dominance the sustain 40-game stretch, longest season ever. You touched on it, the, the WNBA record for victories to sustain that kind of pace. Uh, as the defending champions, understanding that it's all about the postseason, you know, particularly for this team to, to, to sustain that kind of pace. And Becky Hammond alluded to it yesterday, and has talked about talked about it various times throughout the course of the season uh, their professionalism, how competitive this group is, what this group wants to accomplish. And, and lo and behold, they finished the season with the best offensive rating in, in league history, the third best net rate rating, that being uh, you know points per 100 possessions, how many points they outscore their opponents by per 100 possessions. So analytically this team grades out as good pretty much as good as any team uh in the league they have the record to back it up and then you go up and down the roster uh and, and might i remind you as you know and might i remind our audience this is a team that was supposed to have candace parker uh and raquana williams at this time of year right we understand candace parker what she brings uh with her two-way play even at this stage of her career we saw it, for half the season her passing her defense her rebounding uh her timely scoring uh her experience the whole thing she's a seamless fit Made the whole thing go, uh, and 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 then Raquana Williams, one of the best three point shooters in the league, and you know the uh, unsung hero uh, of last year's postseason. That that being said, without them for a majority of the season, sustained the pace uh, that they kind of set with Parker in the lineup for the first half of the year, and then and then the talent on the roster: Asia Wilson, best player in the world and all time great that we're seeing uh, in real time, do historic things uh, in real time in her prime. Chelsea Gray, league's best point guard, most most clutch player uh has a banner season in her prime. Kelsey Plum uh, as explosive as a scorer uh, as you'll find three point shooting floor spacing uh the way she's improved as a defender, the, the way she's improved in terms of picking her spots, going to the basket, shooting, passing in her prime, right? Jackie Young uh ascending, emerging as what as, you know, perhaps the best two way wing in the league. Forty four percent from three this year. Uh physical defender can get to the basket to rebound. In her prime, so you you look at the makeup of the roster, uh, the analytics the the wins and losses, what they were able to sustain throughout the course of the season their bench their veterans on the bench, Kia Stokes, Alicia Clark champions know exactly what to do uh, when they 're out on the floor, exactly what their roster is, and then you you know quite possibly in uh, Becky Hammond, right? And 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 she's just getting started. We'll see how far this thing goes and where her coaching career continues to take her. But she's as good as any coach that's that's been in the WNBA. I mean with her tactical uh brilliance, her ability to adjust and then her ability to relate to her players uh and just manage the course of the season, she's a masterful job. So with all that being said, right, it's gonna require a, a championship to validate this. That was the goal when the season started. Uh but but they they're the favorites. They they rightfully should be despite their struggles. Uh, with New York, you know Becky Hammond's been saving some of the adjustments uh, and some some strategies, some looks um, that she's had or that she knows she could go to uh, during the regular season. Save those for the postseason, and then as good of any coach uh, in the W in terms of adjusting. Right when she was out coached last year, and it was only a couple times in the playoffs, always came back with a better game plan uh, the second time around. That's part of it. So. Uh, they, they're the favorites. They're they're ready to go. They're healthy, and uh, yeah, like 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 the column said, TC. I think that's what's on the line. Sure, a, a repeat championship uh, is massive enough, but this is a team that that was historically great all season, and I could put uh, the finishing touches on that with a title.
0: Without Candace Parker, okay, mm-hmm. and, and Raquana and Williams, both. I mean, we know that it's it's postseason time, and the conventional wisdom says that this could come back and hurt the Aces. I know the Aces got a strong core four. I won't say a starting five, but they got the strong core four, as we know with Asia Wilson, Chelsea Gray, Jackie Young, and 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 Kelsey Plum. Alicia Clark coming off the bench, and we're seeing more of her with that starting unit instead of Kia Stokes, but it makes them very, very small. But again, the bench is very, very thin. Let me ask you, Sam, what do you think as far as how much not having, uh, you know, especially Candace Parker for this postseason is going to hurt the Aces. And eventually, could that be, uh, and the lack of bench that they have just because of a numbers perspective, could that be the ultimate demise? I mean,
1: certainly, right? If you were to make a case for why this team won't win the WNBA championship, that that's it. That's the case uh, right there. It's a lot of responsibility for the starters, even last year. Uh, similar kind of, you know, that's the same starting five that won the championship last year. Even last year took kind of historic playoff runs from both Asia Wilson and Chelsea Gray, who were absolutely impeccable. And then, uh, of course, Kelsey Plum and, and Jack Young picking their spots and having huge moments as well. But the, the, the burden, the responsibility that it was required, that, that was required of Wilson and Gray was just massive. And, and I think, you know, much of that will be required, uh, again, especially, you know, in a series with the Liberty. With that being said, this is why you go all out for the number one seed, right? A more favorable draw compared to the Liberty who have to deal with, you know, the Mystics uh, championship caliber team, even though there's a seven seed experience with Elena Deladon, quality coaching, uh, chemistry and whatnot. That's a tough matchup for them in the 2-7 draw. And then, you know, Connecticut, the three seed as well. So the the way to combat that, if you're the aces, is handle your business. I mean, handle your business in the first two rounds, get as much rest as possible. These series don't need to go extra games, uh, and that way that, that would ensure that uh, all things considered, right? Without Candace Parker, without, uh, you know, at least at this point, without Raquana Williams, that would ensure that they're going to be at least be as fresh as possible. But, uh, I, I, think the kind of the big matchup to circle TC, and it's not, I mean, it's no surprise. We, we've kind of been building into this all year. And of course, they go out, have to go out and play the games and both teams earn their way to the finals. But where it would come back you know, to hurt the most is against Liberty because of their depth and because of their size. But even then, you know, speci- speaking to that matchup, uh, in particular, again, Becky Hammond alluded to at practice or after practice yesterday, uh, you know, identifying some things during the regular season that maybe uh, she can go to in the playoffs and hasn't gone to yet. So this is why they play the games. Um, it, it will be, I think it will require another, you know, massive effort and strong effort from, from the starters, particularly Asia Wilson and Chelsea Gray, but they've proven that they can handle that. And again, part of um, handling your business during the regular season, I mean, record for 25-point for victories and 20-point victories is you get, to, you get to save the starters a little bit. They get to rest uh, in the fourth quarter. I think Becky Hammond did a masterful job of kind of managing the minutes as best she could, uh, given the circumstances and the injuries she's dealing with. So uh, to your point, to, you know, to your question, yeah, that, that could, I mean, if there is a weakness the team has, little thin up front and not quite the depth, but, but uh, rotations shorten in the postseason anyways. You want your best players playing a majority of the minutes, and because of how uh, the regular season was managed and what we saw last season, have absolutely no doubt uh, that the starting lineup, uh, you know, the six that that generally play are going to be ready to go, uh, especially if they handle their business in the first couple series.
0: And we have seen this, especially in basketball, whether it's at the NCAA tournament or I'll say specifically uh, in the NBA playoffs and the NBA finals. That is always Sam. Always seems like there is that unsung guy in it or or woman, and that is comes off the bench. And it was Raquana Williams last year. Could it be Alicia Clark this year? The, the, you need, you need one or two people to come off the bench that will do maybe some huge, some superhuman things or, you know, again, you know, maybe eclipse their, their season average to do that because, you know, not all the starters are going to be on every given night, especially when you're talking about playoff basketball because the matchups are so, so tougher. So I just hope that the aces get that. They have a couple candidates still. Off, off of that bench, or maybe if it's a starter, like you know, we haven't seen the best of Jackie Young over the last couple of weeks. You know, you, they're going to need that, especially in the finals.
1: I'm 110 percent with you, and that's you know, the at the playoff playoff basketball, uh, every team. I mean, you know the opposition, you know their plays, you know their sets. Uh, like you said, it's all about matchups and all about key adjustments. And you're playing the best teams. You're playing against the best coaching staffs, and with more and more time to, you know, more and more time to prep. Uh, game plan specific and, and do different things and try and take away different things. So, yeah, to your point, DC, uh, you saw Raquana Williams last year step up and hit massive shots. Who knows? Who knows who it's going to be this year? Uh, and, 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 you know, can, is the starting lineup capable of, of carrying more than they did? So that that's what we're going to find out. And that's what, you know, again, that's why they, they play the games. But, but the Aces, you know, because of that historic regular season, have ensured that they're going to have the, the quote unquote easiest route possible. Uh, the championship is going to come through Las Vegas. This has been a very, very, very difficult place to play for opposing teams, especially over the last couple of years. And, and it's, it's as cliche as it may be, you know, role players, uh, reserves uh, tend to do better at home. So, if there is a decisive fifth game uh, in a particular series, be it the semifinals or the finals, the Aces know they have the luxury of. I think at this point, pretty clearly, right, the you know, the best crowd. Uh, in the WNBA behind them, the best atmosphere in the WNBA behind them. And that was really, I think, reflected on Sunday when 17,000 people came out to T-Mobile Arena. So, uh, th- this is, again, this is why you handle your business in the regular season. It's why it still mattered. And in, uh, to, to Becky Hammond's point yesterday, uh, speaks to the competitiveness, the professionalism, the cohesion, uh, the mental toughness uh, of the Aces to sustain that level of play throughout the course of the season. When, when the seating was so close with the Liberty and, it, you know, came down to the, the final day, a couple bounces, the ball go differently. Maybe it's, it's a different kind of situation, but. Uh, all road, you know, the road to the WNBA championship will run through Las Vegas. And and this is a, a, a tremendous home court advantage for the Aces. Certainly has been uh, the last couple of seasons.
0: Sam Gordon joins us from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Again, fine columnist that covers everything here in Las Vegas and specifically Aces. Sam has been there, uh, like myself, from day one since the team relocated uh, from San Antonio here in 2018. You mentioned the fans. You talked about the home court advantage. Let's get into this a little more too. 17,406 Sunday afternoon. You, you get displaced out of your arena in Michelob Arena in Mandalay Bay because the Toyota Convention is there. So you you go to a bigger place, which is great because most teams. Heck, I go back to a couple seasons ago when the Aces uh played Phoenix and and the Mercury got displaced out of the well. Now it's called the Footprint Center, but before that thing is what the U.S. Airways arena, arena because there was Disney on Ice, and we were forced to go over to. Arizona State University played a much smaller venue, kind of a dilapidated venue, and usually don't get a chance to to go to a bigger, shinier, newer building. And T-Mobile Arena welcomed the uh, the Aces with open arms, and it was fantastic that you almost had double the crowd that you would have at a game at Mandalay Bay. We'll see how that transpires tonight with the opening of the playoffs. But more importantly, Sam, uh, I still run into this out there. Where there are still some fans that live here in Las Vegas that still may not have gone to a game or they still really don't understand the WNBA or even kind of, you know, downplay it a little bit. Now, obviously myself and you as well, we're very close to this situation and we appreciate basketball, you know, involved with the organization. And so it comes across a little bit skewed, especially, you know, people probably hearing it from me but i really want you to 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 kind of just educate those people cuz they're still out there as you know that maybe still kind of turn their nose up at the product or really haven't given it a shot and still don't understand it because it is still out there what do you say to these people to convince them or at least put the lights you know put the light on on, on this team and this league of you know to give it a shot well i think um
1: at least with the Aces here in Vegas, right, T.C.? I mean, kind of like we just talked about, this is the best team ever. I mean, it, it, p- quite potentially the best team ever with some of the best players in the world and their respective prime, brilliant head coach that play an aesthetically pleasing style of basketball, very team-oriented, very unselfish, very fast-paced, lots of scoring. Uh, the crowd is super enthusiastic, and I think, generally speaking, uh, that, that kind of, the, the, the crowd, the atmosphere, like the energy, that makes the, the experience in so many ways. And it's a credit to, uh, I mean, just so many different people involved with the organization and uh, the the support staff, front office staff, uh, the in-game promotions, et cetera, et cetera, marketing like the ACEs games uh, for fans. And, and, and even for like, even me to a certain degree, TC, because of the music, the pace, just the energy in the arena. Like there, there's a, there's a, it's a real vibe. There's just a real energy, uh, in the building. and And, and, uh, the, the, the in game promotions, timeouts or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. There, there's a real understanding of how to make it a full 360 degree, uh, kind of global cohesive experience around excellent basketball, best basketball players in the world. So, you know, 17,000 strong. I mean, that's not a coincidence. It's a, it's a credit again, to, to so many of the individuals in the front office, but more importantly, uh, to the team, to, 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 to the aces, to the players, uh, that have you know ensure that this franchise is is, is sustained championship level play, uh, and have brought their best every single night since moving here in 2018. So uh, a lot goes into it, but the atmosphere itself is is just electric. Whether it's a regular season game that the Aces are winning by 20 or 25, like or 30 when it's not competitive, or if it's a playoff game like you know some of the games last season against the uh, the Seattle Storm and the Sun where it comes right down to the wire, like the crowd is engaged, uh, the in house DJ plays great music to keep the vibe. Um, fun and electric and 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 it's 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 good fast-paced um high-level basketball it's the best basketball players uh in the world it's the highest level execution and with this team in particular it's, it's history in terms of a hall of famer on the sideline and hall of and, and hall of famers at the absolute peak of their powers like sharing the floor on a nightly basis so uh, i think from what we've seen you know the, the the crowd the way that the brand has been built the last several years and w- what we've seen last postseason i mean you, it's fair to only expect uh, the energy to be at another level. I don't know how exactly you quantify it at this point, T.C., because all the pretty much all the playoff games last year were sold out at uh, Michelob Ultra Arena or Pact or whatever, but the, the Aces have eclipsed their capacity you know, multiple times and set new uh, arena records at Michelob Ultra. They set a franchise record uh, at, at T-Mobile Arena the other night. Uh, so so the, 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 the fans are responding. I think the city is showing how much they appreciate it, and, and for those who haven't experienced it, uh, I mean, it's it's definitely, a, you know, a fair price ticket in part, you know, one of the best tickets in town uh, in, in terms of bang for your buck. So uh, it's, it's, it's been, um, you know, fascinating to see this thing grow uh, since 2018 when the Niccolo Vulture Arena was, empty, you know, pretty much empty uh, on a nightly basis. Three, four thousand fans and nobody knew who this team was. Now it's, you know, perhaps the, the biggest brand. Uh, in the WNBA and with, you know, all the playoffs being nationally televised, a great showcase for not only the franchise, but for, for, for the fan base that they've built in Las Vegas as well.
0: Yep. Record numbers from a TV perspective. Uh, you know, again, you know, salary cap has increased. The television deal with, uh, ESPN and ABC, uh, they are rolling right now. It's, it's never been better in the WNBA. Final thing regarding the WNBA and the Aces, Sam, with you is the MVP situation. Now, the Associated Press, the AP announced yesterday that they gave the MVP to Brianna Stewart. Asia Wilson got the Defensive Player of the Year uh, award. But, uh, again, the big, you know, honor is going to be when the WNBA hands out their postseason awards. The MVP will be, uh, announced, um, two weeks from now, two and a half weeks from now. So, uh, Becky Hammond has come on and has, you know, banged the drum for Asia Wilson. I have done it. Nikki Vargas came on a couple of days ago and did the exact same thing. And then I'm not surprised that the AP said Brianna Stewart, but I think that the AP is a little East Coast bias here. But for all the reasons that that you had said earlier and what you wrote in your column, it really is a no-brainer, Sam, isn't it, that Asia Wilson is the most valuable player and should be again. And what she means to this team and what she means to this league, she is the most valuable player who's doing it um, without a full roster and not a super team, and let's make that very clear. They they are not a super team. Okay, they didn't, mm-hmm. they didn't put this together through free agency, you know, like uh, like the Liberty did. But playing 200 less minutes than Brianna Stewart. Your thoughts on MVP? Um, I'm with you. I, I don't even think it's a question.
1: I think more generally speaking, TC, uh, the awards, the postseason honor, like the, the the honors that that come out during the postseason. I think generally they're supposed to kind of be, you take a look at the the awards, the postseason honors, that should be a snapshot of of the season. You should be able to take a look at those and kind of be able to piece together, this is the story of the season as reflected in this postseason awards. Well, the season was about the aces. The aces just had, again, like arguably the greatest season in WNBA history, set all kinds of records, record efficiency. She was so dominant uh, when she did play that she was afforded the luxury of sitting out several fourth quarters uh, it, it was the MVP last season increased her scoring average, increased her rebounding, uh, increased her block shots, uh, increased her field goal percentage, anchors the defense uh, without, again, another rim protector on the roster uh, without Candace Parker, the lead, the, the best defense uh, in the WNBA at that, uh, as well as the best offense. She set the, the single game record or tied Liz Cambage's single game record um, with 53 points. And again, to tell you a little bit about her character as a superstar was totally content leaving statistics and production on the table by sitting out those fourth quarters, understanding what it meant for her teammates. And then for her in the long run, uh, in terms of preserving her legs for the postseason as much as possible. So, uh, the, the, the aces were the best team in the league and she was, I, I think far and away the best overall two-way player, uh, this season, respect to Brianna Stewart, respect to Alyssa Thomas. Of course, I think Shewin's for all WNBA first team that they should both be unanimous and absolute strong cases, but their their teams didn't accomplish anything historic. Asia Wilson's team did. And she raised her game uh, to even a higher level than she was at last season. She had the best season of her career, the most efficient season of her career. She's an incredible teammate uh, in terms of, in terms of how she approaches the game on a day-to-day basis. She doesn't care whether she scores or whether she produces. She simply produces at that level because that's what that's what's often required for her teams to win and to dominate the way they did throughout the course of the season. So it'll be interesting to see what the vote is TC, but she's, I mean, I've said it on your show multiple times. She's the best player in the world. She's in her prime right now. She's coming off the best season of her career and the awards this season should reflect that. I also want to add, I think, you know, the whole core four should be all WNBA. I mean, they were all fantastic and having career seasons in their own ways. And again, it's a, the, the award should be a snapshot of what this season was about. This season, in a lot of ways, was about the aces and, and the dominance uh, that they had. So, uh, again, will be super interesting. I'm, I'm sure the vote will be split a, a few different ways. But, but all things considered, uh, the, yeah, Asia Wilson had the best season of her career for the best team in, in WNBA history. Uh, that kind of speaks for itself and stands on its own merit.
0: No, I mean, you hit a lot of great points. Like I said, just echo my thoughts. But I think what you said that really not anybody else has said that the postseason awards are, well, these are regular season awards, but, it, you know, you, you give it to them in the postseason. But yep. the, the bottom line is it should be a snapshot, microcosm, or like I said, the the, the cliff notes of the season. Of the regular season. And you're right. This is a -a one-of-a-kind historic season, and her numbers are better this year than they were last year. And for the nonsense to say, well, Brianna Stewart leaves Seattle to go to New York and then, you know, Okay. You know, they're the second best team. Okay. That's fine. She's had a great season, but you have to pick one. You got to pick one in MVP. And to me, it is still clear cut that it is Asia Wilson. She's on the best team. She's put up the, the better numbers from an efficiency rating standpoint. And again, she's done it with less time on the court. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. And again, it just, it seemed pretty simple. But then again, I don't know. When I look at like the AP thing, it's not that I don't respect that, but I mean, I, I kind of don't respect it, Sam. You know what I mean? I mean, are are these are these people that are voting for the Associated Press? I mean, are are they really watching these games? Do they know this well, league? That's what I want to know. I, I think there's,
1: I mean, and, and and certainly Asia Wilson, Brianna Stewart, right? The two best players in the world. There, uh, Brianna Stewart has a uh, has a pretty game. It's perimeter oriented. It's step back jumpers. It's three pointers. And Asia Wilson's game is just more more blue collar. Run the floor, deep seal, layup, get to the back, uh, you know face up drive, two free throws, uh, beat the opposing big down the floor in transition, things like that. So uh, the the glamour the glamour in terms of her production, uh, it's not qu- it doesn't quite look the same as it does for Brianna Stewart. But statistically, I mean, there's no more efficient scorer in the league. When she's out there, she dominates. She dominates on the interior defensively. She dominates on the interior offensively. And she's selfless enough to understand when to defer to her teammates, be it in clutch spots and big spots, deferring to Chelsea Gray, or throughout the course of the game and, and picking her her spots to, to 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 have an impact as a scorer. So uh, I, I, I think it's pretty clear-cut and dry. TC see, again, the Aces had the best season in, in WNBA history, arguably. And she was the driving force of that. You hear her teammates come out and say it over and over and over again, as great as they are. You think they're just making that up? Like, you think Becky Hammond's just making up that the whole system is able to go because of the way Asia Wilson approaches it? Like, absolutely not. So, um, again, we'll be super curious uh, to see what the vote looks like. I, I'm sure it'll be split. Um, three ways but if she doesn't win it that tells me that it's that at this point it's just voter fatigue and looking for something new the Liberty are every bit from a talent perspective as loaded as the Aces with Courtney VanderSloot and John Paul Jones and Sabrina Unescu and Benajah Laney uh, and they also have a championship caliber coach in Sandy Brondello so in terms of the supporting cast and whatnot it's it's just a, a kind of a pick your preference and I think it's clear um, that overall again I don't want to beat beat the horse to death DC but it's clear what Asia uh, meant to the aces this season, and 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 how she was able to dominate on both ends of the floor, she should be rewarded accordingly.
0: You got it, Sam Gordon, Las Vegas Review Journal. Sam, let's leave on this. Uh, Raiders get ready to go to Buffalo after the win. Uh, not overly impressive win against the Broncos. Uh, Miss extra point left on the table early on by. By the Broncos, Will Lutz, their kicker, 17, 16, Garoppolo, 20 for 26, uh, it's 200 yards, two touchdowns. Okay. Fine. Denver really killed themselves. Botched onside kick to start the game. Um, you know, again, penalties down the stretch for them. Josh Jacobs, not overly impressive. Uh, we didn't ex- expect him to be, you know, 19 carries, 48 yards. That's, you know, two and a half yards per carry. And then the, the penalties revisited the Raiders as well, too. Ten penalties in that game. Um, give me your thoughts on, on what you saw with the Raiders uh, on Sunday against the Broncos. And now moving forward, going to Buffalo.
1: Uh, situational football, TC. That was not a perfect game by any means. I, would, I mean, you could make the case it wasn't even a good game. But when the Raiders absolutely had to be good, they were. And Jimmy Garoppolo is exactly as advertised. He's accurate. He's decisive. He's poised in the pocket. Didn't take a sack. That's a credit to the offensive line, but also, of course, a credit to him for understanding, you know, how to how to maneuver the pocket, when to run, when to step up, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Defensively, not you know, not anything to write home about in, until the fourth quarter when you had to get a goal line stop and then you had to force a three and out. Well, they did that, and then most impressively, even more impressive, TC in my opinion, than the the go ahead um, drive, the the, the 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 where Jimmy Garoppolo found Jacoby Myers for the go ahead touchdown. Uh, was his ability to run out the clock. The Raiders hadn't done that since at least 2000. Run out the final five minutes uh, of a game, according to data uh, provided by Sport Radar. That is the hallmark of a professional win. You know, when you can get the ball and the opposing and you have a lead and the opposing team doesn't touch it. And it's hard to do and it's hard to execute. And the Raiders who lost nine, uh, nine of their 11 losses last season were by one score. So this is where they couldn't succeed last season. They sucked situationally, uh, last year. So far, they're one-for-one. One. Uh, you clean up some of the penalties, uh, help Max Crosby generate a little bit more of a pass rush, uh, and Josh Jacobs has his legs back under him, then you can go in there and hang with Buffalo. I don't see why not. Josh Allen uh, will give away the football, uh, leads the league in turnovers since two thousand, uh, since 2018, averaging two a game uh, since the end of uh, like his last 19 games or something like that. Uh, he's there to make mistakes. Um, he's also there to make big plays if you don't get pressure and you're not physical with him. So uh, the, uh, the, not the Aces, the Raiders are, are in a prime spot. The, Jet, uh, the Bills coming off of a short week, uh, an emotional loss in overtime. They kind of have to have this game. Uh, certainly expect that they'll be at their best and sharper uh, than they were at Monday. And it's fair to expect a better effort uh, from Josh Allen. But I think the opportunities are going to be there. If the Raiders take care of the ball and clean up some of those penalties, get some more balance going with the running game and keep Josh Allen stationed on the sideline, uh, they're, they're going to have an opportunity to win this game. If they, if they revert to the team that they were last year and, and we'll see what it looks like. One win is great, but it's only one win at this point. If they revert uh, and, and struggle situationally again, and Jimmy Garoppolo is back there taking sacks and getting hit and the run game doesn't get off the ground, then you can forget about it. But it it, it feels um, yeah, I don't want to, you know, overreact to one win, but, but it feels like a, a different team. Jimmy Garoppolo brings a different dynamic at quarterback. He brings different experience. He's, bring, he's been in different situations. He brings a different style of leadership. Uh, and that seems to really be resonating with this locker room as Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziggler try and carve out uh, a culture, uh, in year two and, 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 try and establish some standards, uh, certainly standards that they didn't meet, uh, last season. So it, it's, it's a daunting task. It's going to be a raucous atmosphere. It always is. In Buffalo, but all of a sudden this game a couple, you know, a couple weeks ago went from one that, you know, didn't seem, it didn't seem to have a, a lot of juice to it to now it has a ton of juice to it with, for both sides, with the kind of being a must win game uh, for the Bills this early in the season, the chance for the Raiders uh, to really make a statement as they uh, enter their home opener next week against Pittsburgh. So I'll be out there, TC, for the Review Journal. Um, and check my first time in Buffalo. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to to a great atmosphere. And, and, it, and I think a real opportunity for the Raiders uh, to, to, to catch a Buffalo team that, that that struggled a little bit on Monday night.
0: Good deal. All right, Sam. Well, hey, enjoy your trip uh, to Buffalo. Have some good wings, man. Uh, the weather should be uh, pretty good, too. You can actually have balmy temperatures in September in Buffalo, which is very, very rare. Uh, September's a nice, nice month, uh, actually, up there, I can tell you. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm look. I'm looking forward to it. We're good. We're we're catching it
1: when it's uh, when it's still you know relatively warm. I mean, I yeah. you know, you hear about the snow, the legendary snowstorms and whatnot, and who could forget you know the Monday night football game a couple years ago. So thankfully, uh, that won't be us. Looking forward to a nice day, and, and, and again, my first time out there. I hear it's one of the best. Uh, You know, most impassioned fan bases in the league. Looking forward to seeing that in person.
0: Yeah, there you go. Just be careful out there if you're going to be going through uh, the parking lot and the tailgate, Sam. That's some dangerous territory there, my friend. I mean, you're going to see some people that are going to be lathered up, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I, 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 there certainly will be. Uh, I'm going to try and get there plenty early. Hopefully I beat them to the
0: punch. Yeah, number one. I, I remember uh, the HBO real sports story. This was a long time ago where they went through all these different tailgates and, and, and they said most intoxicated fan bases. And, and by a wide margin, Buffalo was number one. Stay away uh, <laughs> from tables, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Watch out for the tables over there, man. There, there, there's some crazy people out there. That, that's the call. The column should be on that, Sam, or at least you know, do two columns. One in the Raiders, one in the game, but the tailgate experience. That's that's what I want to hear or see or read. <laughs> I'll I'll, I'll
1: be sure to check it out, TC, now that I know a little bit more about it. I appreciate the education. I I, (laughs) I can't wait to be up there. Can't wait wait to be up there Sunday. I'll see you out at uh, Team Oval Arena tonight.
0: Take care, brother. Appreciate you.
1: Appreciate you having me. Take care.
0: There he is. Sam Gordon, uh, the Las Vegas Review Journal. Sam, one of the finest columnists. And again, covers uh, everything regarding here in Las Vegas.